Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite hobby, tabletop sports. I'll review games in my collection, discuss how I approach different projects, and even recap the latest games from my tabletop. Have questions, thoughts, or feedback? Feel free to reach me at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com or check out my Facebook page by the same name. Also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate you taking a minute to rate the podcast. Tonight, it's episode number 36, and we are going to take an inside look at the brand new offering, Fast Drive Football, the College Edition. Before we get into tonight's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. It's actually going to be a little over a week, a week and a half, because in Sunday's episode, I decided since it was a year in review, I didn't really want to recap the latest things that take place on my tabletop. So we're going to really cover what's happened since Sunday, December 20th. And it was, well, actually Monday, December 20th. I had captured Sunday the 19th in my previous episodes. I've had a lot of Fast Drive Football, the Pro Edition, on the tabletop in the past week and a half. I've playing a little catch-up, and I've had an opportunity to get two teams' uh, seasons completed, the, the 1990 Jets and then the 1990 Vikings. Uh, both those teams in real life had gone 6-10, and 10, and in my replays, they actually both performed better, and they both finished at 9-7 and seven in their respective seasons. So for the Jets, I was able to complete weeks 12 through 17, and for the Vikings, it was the entire season, weeks 1 through 17. I think I'd only really played one of their games prior to that. Uh, the Vikings were sitting right around 500 and came up with three big wins late in the season. Uh, they beat the Giants, the Raiders, and the 49ers, all teams that had at least 12 wins, which was pretty remarkable for a 6-10 and 10 team. But they were able to get away with it and came away with some big wins there, so. Uh, they finish at 9-7, and seven, and both those teams might end up in the playoff hunt. We'll have to see how things shake out, but uh, they're the first two teams that I've done as I've worked my way from the worst team to the first team. Those are the first two teams at 6-10 and 10 that have actually finished with a winning record, so good job for both of those groups. I also got some History Maker Baseball on the table. I've completed both uh, September 21st and 22nd of my 1940 AL mini play. The uh, Cleveland Indians ended up winning both of their games against Detroit on the 21st and 22nd, and they've reopened up the lead here. I think they're now leading by three games again late in the season. We're starting to run out of time here. Detroit's only got a couple of uh, chances left to really get back into this race. And on those games, I also got Boston against New York, uh, and Boston came away with a big win on the road in New York. And at that point, let's see, we look at our 1940 AL replay, and New York got eliminated with that loss. So they are now eight and a half ga games back with eight games remaining on their schedule. So New York is eliminated, and the race is basically down to Cleveland and Detroit. Uh, Cleveland right now is standing at 90 and 59, and Detroit is 87 and 62. So three games back. And both teams have five games remaining. So here's what I have ahead here is Cleveland now will play their next uh, two games will be against the St. Louis Browns. 
And Detroit has a day off on the 24th. There was no games for the 23rd. So on the 24th, they have a day off. And then they're going to play a doubleheader against Chicago on the 25th. So we'll have a pretty good idea about where we stand potentially after that. Um, and then as we look ahead, the three those two teams are going to finish the season with a three-game set against each other as well. So one more shot for Detroit. They've got to stay close enough after this doubleheader with Chicago to see if they can stay in contention there. Also on the uh, on the table was a little bit of Fury Hardball. I focused on some of the Fury Hardball action in one of my inside looks. I finished Group H play, and Los Angeles ended up advancing with a 6-3 and three record. Pittsburgh from that group also finished 6-3, and three, but had lost two out of three head-to-head -head with Los Angeles. So they are more than likely going to be one of my second-place teams that advance, but there's a few more groups to go, so not a lock yet. But they are the first team to finish in second place with at least a 6-3 and three record, so they're looking pretty good for that. I also picked up at Christmas time Bolarama from from Play Games uh, and played my first exhibition match with Bolarama. So that's probably something that I'll be focused on and uh, give an inside look into that game in the next uh, few episodes, probably sometime in January, as I get a little bit better feel for the game. I have to play it a few more times before that, but got an exhibition match with that. Finally got Fury football back on the table in what seemed like uh, six months since I had done that. And I called this my 2021 holiday ball. I I had a bunch of the free agents that came with the uh, mercenary set. And I just put together like six teams and just played some games. No coaches, no strategy cards, just played the games out. And the final game ended in a tie. Didn't play overtime or anything. Just let it kind of end that way. But um, ended up getting six games of that on the table. And nothing really in terms of a season. Just wanted to get it on the table and just play it. So just put together a little quick tournament that I could play in a single set sitting. Uh, Legends of Boxing. I finally started off with the career campaign guide for Legends of Boxing. I created a new fighter. Uh, his name is going to be Chris the Cannon Carter. And he had his first regional fight against Anthony Torres, another created fighter and uh this is just one of the you know if you've played the career campaign it's a, it's an interesting thing i'll probably have to go a little more in depth into it at some point as well but your first fight is just a four rounder and my fighter chris carter ended up uh really handing it to torres in the first couple rounds and i just let him go for it in the fourth round because it was his stamina was good he looked like he was up on points and he ended up getting a TKO. He won by TKO at 237 of the fourth round. Uh, so he'll, he gets a win in his first fight and a knockout. So he's 1-0-0 with one knockout. And I'll get a few more fights in with him. My goal is to get at least one fight a month in for, for his career and see how that plays out throughout this, this year coming up. And let's see what else here. Uh, that was pretty much it for the week on the tabletop. It was a good mix of action. Uh, I was really looking to catch up on a few things. At this point, I'm still a little bit behind. I have a few more things to get completed for the month of December, but I'm feeling a little more confident about being able to get that done in these last couple days of the month. So I probably won't get everything completed, but 
uh, at least I won't, I'll be within a couple of sessions of ending the year on, on a high note. So uh, that's, that's the goal for right now. And without further ado, let's talk a little bit more about, well, let's just talk about in general, the new college edition game for fast drive football. So excuse the pun, but it feels like fast drive football has been around for a couple of ticks of the clock at best here. And uh, it's amazing just how far this game has come in just a short amount of time and, and the dedication from Al Wilson as he's rolled this out. So the pro version came out sometime. Uh, I want to say like August, September timeframe. I don't think it was too much before that, maybe a little bit before that, but it, it you know, summertime for sure. And uh, when it came out, there was a good number of seasons available, and then Al just went on a tear in terms of prepping seasons, and not only getting through his commitment of wanting to get everything from 1960 to present day done, but he also added on top of that getting the 1950s done for the NFL. Uh, so you've got every NFL season from 1950 all the way through uh, 2020. You've also got the AFL seasons to go along with that. And then you've got also some of the fringe teams that went along with the pro version. And it seemed like that was a really big commitment from one person to be able to deliver all of that, to give us all of those seasons of the World Football League, the XFL, the USFL, and all those NFL seasons where pretty much you can do whatever you want with that. And all of this for free, right? Like, I think it's worth mentioning again, like this is a charity wear game. Like Al has given this to the gaming community and has only asked that you donate money to one of several different tra charities. Uh, so not really turning a profit on this in any way, shape or form. Then uh, just a little over a month or two ago, he comes out with the commissioner's expansion set, which allows you to then create any type of fictional league you want, or even start with a known league and carry it through as if it just continued on in, in the future. Uh, and it has a way of kind of, you know, running through the aging of teams, allowing you to figure out like coaches, front offices, and the natural progression of a team within a league. Uh, he also introduced the instant results. I mean, fast drive football plays pretty quickly as it is, but an instant result obviously is sometimes needed if you really want to get a full season project completed uh, and don't really want to dedicate that level of time. So the commissioner's expansion gave you a bunch of additional tools, and this then allowed you to take things like what if you the you know USFL had never disbanded what what could i do i could take that and start with where it ended and carry it forward and just allow the commissioner's expansion set to allow that to play out maybe you've got a fictional league or you want to kind of prorate a season you know all those things are possible to, to just take it from a point in time and just see how like an alternate uh timeline would have played out using that commissioner's expansion set then as if that wasn't enough for one big release over just a couple months, uh, on Christmas Day, we got yet another surprise from Al Wilson, and that is the college edition of the game. 
Now, I think most of us, knew, when he started saying that he was going to be releasing a college version of the game, I think a lot of people just assumed it was going to be, okay, he's finally going to tell us, figure out how to rate the college teams to play along with fast drive football. But not so fast. What what we're actually getting is really, in a sense, a brand new game. So let's talk a little bit about this new college edition and how much it is the same as the pro version of fast drive football. And then what are some of the things that are just a little bit different than the pro version. So at its core, this is basically the same game. It, it follows the same lines as far as rolling the same dice. There's no difference in the dice that you're going to roll. So if you've played fast drive football, the pro version, you're going to get basically the same feel for it. Uh, it is still a drive-by-drive game. It is still going to be a single roll to determine how much time comes off the clock and how much and what the results are of that drive. And players, teams are basically rated the same way in terms of the characteristics that they carry, the qualities that they carry. Uh, you're still getting those either qualities or semi-qualities on offense, defense, special teams, those are all basically at the core of this game as well. But then it starts to diverge a little bit from that. So here are some of the things that are a little bit different. For First and foremost is there's a new score sheet because the amount of uh, drives or, yeah, the number of like ticks on the clock that you're going to have is increased from that of the pro game. And part of the reason from talking with Al is that this is to help balance out that you know tends to be a little bit higher scoring with college football than there is with pro football okay so the so you're gonna have a brand new score sheet and you're gonna have extra ticks on the clock it basically now works out that with the college version you're talking about one tick for every minute of clock time uh whereas the pro i think worked out to about a minute uh like a minute and a quarter or something like that so um, like I think it was one minute and 15 seconds for every tick for the pro game. So more ticks on the clock. And the other thing that deals with the timing mechanism is the inefficient and efficient qualities have gone away for the college version. So there's no longer going to be any inefficient or efficient qualities. And that also changes like some of the end of half, end of game uh, mechanics that we had in the pro game are no longer going to be present in the college game because of teams no longer being rated for how they manage the clock. Now, from a feel standpoint, to me, this feels a lot like that there are more opportunities to stop the clock in the college game. I know that for the most part, this total ties back to scoring. Uh, and most of what Al has done to create the game is based on average scoring teams, average scoring seasons in the college game. But for me, from a gameplay standpoint, it's knowing that in the college game, they stop after first downs and they probably have more possibilities for timeouts. It plays more into the fact that managing the clock becomes a little bit easier to do in the college game. And it's less about the coaches and stuff. So that's where I get it from a field standpoint. But anyways, that's that's one big difference there. The other big difference is his handling of 
the disparities between like the top level college teams and then the secondary college teams or even the lower tier college teams. So with this, he basically has looked at the strength of schedules of teams and rated all the teams based on that. And then what you do is you compare the two teams that you're going to have on your tabletop to determine like a, a star quality for the favored team. So let's go through an example of that, for instance. So looking at the um, uh, one of the sets that he has, which and he's released a few more sets again here, but I'm going to look at the national champion set. And he's put together a special set of just the national champions from 1976 to 2020. So if I take that set out and I look at it, um, I'm looking at the 1978 Alabama team. Now, the 1978 Alabama team finished 11-1, and one, and the rating that he uses is SRS, and they have a rating of 26 as an SRS. Now, if I compare them to the same team from their same season, 1978 USC, USC also has a, a SRS of 26. So these two teams would be evenly matched. And there would be no star qualities given to either team. But now if I take that 78 Alabama team and I compare it to the 1980 Georgia team, the 1980 Georgia teams has an SRS of 19. So all of a sudden now there's a gap of seven between these two teams on that SRS rating. So what I do is I compare this and he has a chart in the rules for this, but Alabama, the 1978 Alabama team would get one star. And these stars come into play when you go to the game results now. Uh, there are some results that ask you to compare the star ratings of the teams. And, you know, I'll read one of those results, for instance. Uh, this would be result number like one, two, three. So result one, two, three asks if the team, the offensive team has great field position or if they're a two-star offense. Now, in this case, Alabama would be a one-star team, so they wouldn't actually get that result. Uh, but if they had gotten two stars, which would have required them to have a gap of at least um, of at least 10, right? They would have had to have an SRS gap of at least 10 to get that. Uh, and let me see if there's any national champions that would have gotten that. Yep, 1984 BYU is only rated in SRS 15. So if Alabama had played 84 BYU, they would actually have, no, actually be, yeah, that would be a, a gap of 11. So they would actually get that two-star rating there. Now, these really come into play when you start rating teams that are far below the benchmark for these teams. And you're not going to see them as much with some of the special sets that they've released. But you might get that in more of like a uh, a regular season type set. So let's see if we have from uh, the 2020 set, for instance, Alabama in 2020 is an SRS 30. And then you've got a team like Notre Dame that is only an SRS 11. So that's a gap of 19. And on this star rating, that would actually make Alabama a three-star team. So as a three-star team, you're going to get the results for anything that's a three, a two, or a one. 
And this has brought a whole new dynamic into the power ratings between the teams uh, that wasn't present in the pro game before. So this is probably the biggest shift that you're going to notice if you play the two versions of fast drive football from the pro version to the college version. Uh, And it does a really good job as you're playing these games out of giving those really powerful teams a chance to take advantage of different situations. Um, And there's, you can get the star rating for both offense and defense. So there's times in the, in the uh, game results where it might ask you if it's a, you know, if it's a starred offense or if it's a starred defense and they have different chances to make the plays. So that's a big shift here in this game. The other big shift in, in the game is that, and, and this was almost a necessity, but, there's a whole new chart just for overtimes. Uh, and of course, in the college game, and this is usually mostly for, I think, the more modern college game, but you don't have to worry about trying to figure out like, okay, well, do I, do I start in great field position? Like, how does this work? No, you just you roll on the overtime chart and the team, each possession is going to get a chance to roll on that overtime chart. Uh, and as long as it's a tie game, they'll continue to roll on that overtime chart until the game is decided. Uh, so this follows the more modern overtime rule where they would usually set up in, around the 20-yard line and, and start a drive there. Uh, instead, Al's already created that chart for you to be able to uh, have that happen. Uh, and the overtime chart also includes like a go for it because there are going to be times, obviously, where you may not convert on your third down play and now it's time for your team to just, you know, but you're down and you have to go for it. Right. So like there is an, there's a separate go for it chart for the overtime. Uh, So that's a new addition to this game as well compared to the pro game. Uh, And like I said, just basically it was a necessity because when you play overtime in the pro game, you basically just continue on and let the clock run for another quarter. But the college overtime is extremely different. So uh, and I also think this could be really good for those who want to play like a uh, fictional league. And if you wanted to incorporate something like the college overtime, you could probably mix and match this chart with the pro game um, and create your own type of results there. Uh, I don't think he's called that out necessarily, but uh, you'd have the ability to do that. Now, that's two big changes here. Uh, The third big change here is we've gotten now the formulas for creating our own teams at the college level. Uh, And I think this has a lot to do with the fact that there's probably not going to be a ton of releases for the college game compared to the pro game. I think think the idea here was provide people the chance to score teams themselves. So now you have all the formulas basically to create your own cards uh, for college football. Uh, And I think there's even – I'm double-checking here, but, yeah, there's even a chance to – go in and take a look at some of the spreadsheets for um, the for the full season sets that they did for the 2018, 2019, and 2020. So if you ever wanted to go in and play like the full schedule, you know, sometimes they play those teams that are a little lower on the depth chart because he only created cards initially like in the 2020 set. Um, he's got about six pages worth of teams, but you're only talking about top 50 or so teams. 
Uh, he's got a couple of special teams in there. Like he's got the armed forces team. So you have, you get air force, Navy, army. Um, and then a lot of the other teams from the major conferences. But what you're not really getting is every single team that played. So uh, for instance, I'm just taking a quick look here for the 2020 set. Um, yeah, if you wanted to play some of those lesser teams from the 2020 season, there is a spreadsheet that allows you to basically pull in the ratings. And then you can use one of the templates that he has on his Fast Drive football site, um, especially if you've got Affinity Publisher. You have the ability then to create any team cards that you would like uh, from the college ranks using those spreadsheets. But at least the spreadsheets have the qualities that each of those teams would have. And like I said, if a team isn't rated, you've also got now the formulas for creating those teams. So those are some of the big differences, uh, the things that are new with Fast Drive Football, the college edition. Other than that, this game is going to play a lot like the pro version. It, the, the game basically is set up the same way. Uh, like I said, there's a couple of differences with the timing because of losing the inefficient and efficient qualities. You've got some differences with the overtimes. But for the most part, this game is basically the same game engine as what we had with the pro version. Now, um, the college game. So what I mentioned, there's a couple of special sets. There are two special collections that are available. One is the national champions that I talked about before, where he's got a series of national champions between the, basically from 1976 to 2020. You've also got the teams that featured Heisman Trophy winners. And I think he avoided duplicating here. So like if, if a team appeared in one of those sets, it's not going to be in one of the other sets. Uh, and then he also came out with four decade collection sets. So you have the teams of the 80s, teams of the 90s, teams of the 2000s, and teams of the 2010s. Although I don't think, because again, not trying to duplicate, the 2010 set basically stops after 2017. Um, because 2018 and 2019 are offered as single season sets. Uh, and it looks like he says he's rated the top 30 teams as well as Army and Navy for each of those years. And he's got the past three seasons, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, didn't do 2021 yet because it's obviously not really finished. He also had a little help. Uh, he credits Harvey Couch with coming out with the 1987 set. Uh, so you can go back in time to the 87 set and get that one done as well. So a great amount of teams available. Pretty much most of the name teams you can think of from the late 70s through the 2000s and even into like last season are all available uh, where you can just download and print those card sets for, for all these different teams. Uh, and then on, on his website, there is a full directory of all the teams. So if you're not sure if a team has been included or what set it's been included in, go ahead and check out that his website where he's got that full uh, directory listed so you can look up all the different teams and see which one, which set that they're a part of. And that's it. So, uh, you know, looking at this, I can see, like, for instance, Alabama, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different Alabama teams available in this set. You've got 78, 
79, both with the national champion set. 92s with the national champion set. 2009, 11, and 12 are with the national champion set. 15, 17, and 20, all with the national champion set. And then you've also got from Alabama 2009, 2015, and 2020, all featured in the Heisman winner set. And then you've got the 1980 team made it to the 80s decade. Uh, 2009 is also in the 2000 decade. And I guess that's it. So a good number of teams available there for uh, a team like Alabama, which is one of the ones that just stood out. First, It's also one of the first ones alphabetically, so you get a good feel for that. And that's where we're at. So a brand new release uh, came out. I had an opportunity to do some of the game testing for this uh so got a got a feel for it and really liked the results that i was getting with it um even during the tweaking phases for it uh it's a very straightforward simple game i think the star ratings even though it's a brand new mechanic uh it flows easily in the game because it's in the game results and it's one of the things you're checking uh it's just a quick calculation that you make at the beginning of a game and then it's it's there to remind you that you're looking for that. So uh, that's what one of the things I liked most about fast drive football, the pro version that carries into the college version is that it's just really simple to just look up your different results and know what, what the ratings are that you're supposed to be looking for uh, on each of the teams. So if you have a chance, get out there and download this game, make a donation to charity while you do so. Um, he still features quite a few different charities on the uh, main page of his website. I think, uh, you know, just to call a few of these out, he's got the Prostate Cancer Foundation on here, Cystic Fibrosis, uh, Fibrosis Foundation, the National LGBTQ Task Force, uh, the Equal Justice Initiative, and the Cancer Research Institute, uh, all just to name a few. So... That's what his main purpose has been here is to go out and try to do a charity wear. So please take advantage of that. I know a few people have made some big donations uh, thanks to the game. And, you know, it's there to help a lot of different people, too. So, I, you know, I think that's a big credit to him. This community has grown really quickly in just a short amount of time. So you can imagine the profits that he's probably given up by making this game just out there and available to the community. So. Uh, give him a lot of credit for doing that, and it's a fun game. It's it's a great addition. I always thought that the pro version was a great addition, mostly from the way I like to play. It's a great addition to any season replay you're, you're doing because it gives you the ability to now any season is available, right? So I can go and I can play some of the games that I don't want to necessarily just do an instant result on, but also don't want to invest like a ton of time playing out the whole game. This gives me a chance to play a quick version of the game and, and get that out of the way. The college version just gives me a chance because, yeah, it's it's not going to give me the ability to play it in depth necessarily, uh, like I would with maybe something like a second season or status pro football. But if you were, you know, let's say you're a big fan of college football and maybe there's a chance you've got one of the older games like a bowl bound or something and this might give you a chance to, you know, if he doesn't already have the cards for those teams created, you might be able to go out and just create the card yourself with the charts he's provided 
And now you've got an ability to do some quick play results for some of those teams that maybe you didn't want to play all out, you know, full games out on your tabletop. That's where this probably hits the sweet spot in terms of, uh, you know, and enhancing your gameplay. But if you ever wanted to just play out a full season of something and just see if you can get different results or maybe even the same results, it definitely gives you the ability to do that. And that's what I've been doing with the 1990 pro set is just been playing out the entire season uh, a little slowly uh, for me um, because I'm just doing it piece by piece. But uh, like I said, I can play out an entire team schedule in just a couple of sittings. So uh, that part of it is plays really quickly and the college game plays as quickly. So uh, looking forward to playing more of this. I'll probably be setting up a project for the college game uh, pretty soon. I think probably starting in January, February, I'll have a new college football project on the tabletop. So go out there, check this game out and you'll probably have a lot of fun with it just like I have. So there you go. That's an inside look at the new college game for fast drive football. And like I said, tons of sets available. So go out and check it out. I uh, appreciate you listening. So this was it. This was the last uh, episode for season one. Uh, the year is coming to a close in just a couple nights. So starting in January, I will kick off with uh, season two of this podcast. And my first episode will basically do a year preview uh, for 2022. So thanks a lot for listening.